0: It's Jan term for me, so I'm taking a break.
1: Taking a break. (laughs) When do you start classes?
0: Early February. It'll start back up.
1: So my assistant at work, my assistant youth pastor, is named Andrew, Mm -hmm. and he is a seminary student right now. Um, He's going through seminary at Southeastern, I think, seminary. But since he works at Harvest, uh, my dad, our dad, Really wanted him to get a (laughs) class through Asbury.
2: Can you just do one class like that?
1: Yeah, you can. He just had to work with his other school to make sure it transferred as basically an elective course. And so he did that course the first week of January. And um, it was a class called the Theology and Practice of Healing with Dr. Steve Siemens, um, which
2: Hmm.
1: Dr. Steve Siemens has uh, come to Harvest before to do teaching and conference uh, preaching. Um, he's now a retired professor at Asbury Seminary but still does some classes here and there Mm -hmm. Um, and I had the same class, Theology and Practice of Healing with Dr. Siemens when I was a seminary student, so then Andrew got back and was sharing with the staff some of the main things that stuck out to him and so I thought that would make a good kind of discussion topic for us
0: Cool Healing, to me, is a very difficult, kind of uh, daunting subject, so I'm looking forward to hearing some of the thoughts from the class.
2: I thought you had chosen this topic because of the chosen. uh Because of the healing uh, miracles
1: in the chosen recently, or what?
2: Yeah, that was my guess when you first brought up the topic. I feel like it's one of those topics that makes many of us kind of feel like we have to walk on eggshells to talk about because not everybody but uh, but I'm sure that most people who have been in Christian circles for a long time have known the kind of like over enthusiastic well I won't say over but the very like enthusiastic person who is ready to pray about every um bush every bush every ready
0: to pray behind every bush <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's the term <laughs> okay how how, what am i trying to say here like i get it we know that we are commanded to pray for healing every we know that so you can't just be like ah nah i'm not gonna do that or you know like that nah that's not gonna work you can't say like that but then we also feel like if we're being honest, it doesn't really work usually. Or that, I think that's kind of how a lot of people feel. Yeah, or unless it's like mm. a really special case or an important case. Uh-huh. But I think a lot of us can feel sheepish about bringing it up. Or even if we would like secretly pray that it'd be hard to like voice it out loud. And then with the enthusiastic person that I mentioned before, I think sometimes there can get to be this kind of... Oh, it, like it's foolproof if you just do these right steps and pray with these kind of words and like uh, say in the name of Jesus or like by the blood of Jesus or use these like certain types of phrases and terms and like, like very formulaic
1: know. or like almost like a mystical in a way.
2: Yeah, I actually I read this book that referred to that mindset of like pray the proper incantation, mm-hmm. and he referred to that as Christian witchcraft. Yeah, which. Which is like you know, it's a pretty strong term, but there is, I think there can be an element of that. But then there's the opposite where we're just like ah, it doesn't really work. But let's just you know, oh maybe I'm you know like shoot for the moon. Let's pray for healing, kind of. Mm-hmm. So that's what comes to mind, I guess.
1: That's good. No, that's good. A uh, place to get us started thinking about some of the just like uh, difficulty of like really thinking through it and um and everything. So I think that's helpful. Well, before we get more into that. I thought we could share, like, ex- like just experiences or, like, healings that we've witnessed. Like, have you guys witnessed healing that was, like, you're confident was an answer to prayer? Or what experiences have you had with healing ministry in your life?
0: Yeah, pretty little on my end. I feel like I've experienced a lot secondhand, maybe, like, one person removed. So a lot of testimony that involves healing. Um, people at the church that I heard, you know, maybe like went to a doctor and had something that had disappeared. Um, when I was really little and went to Kansas City, um, IHOP in Kansas City, they had did like a children's camp. I remember they had a section where all of us kids were praying over adults. And there was a group next to me that had like a pretty dramatic healing. Um, but again, I was kind of like one group removed from that. And it was also so long ago that it's one of those things that as you age, you kind of wonder what was actually happening there. The only one that I really can point to is like so minor, but I remember very specifically a time on a youth retreat where I had a really bad headache and some of the students wanted to pray for me. And so they were praying and I remember like just listening to them pray over me. And then in the middle of it, feeling like I heard from the from the lord that like I should be in agreement with them and and be praying with them and having faith and like switching my mindset to start praying with them and then my headache went away. Um mm. so that's something very minor but it made an impact on me and I still remember it. Yeah. I feel like I am
2: more aware of the opposite, <laughs> you know, like I can think of times when we, you know, drummed up a lot of people to pray for somebody mm-hmm. and it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I think a lot of people, it's like, obviously, you know, we all think of, like, Uncle Wayne who passed away during mm-hmm. uh, COVID, from COVID, and how we yeah, Mary Ernest. Mary Ernest uh, was a leader in our church. Um, Lynn Dormany, who passed away from COVID as well. I think mm-hmm. people, the topic of healing is fresh for a lot of people because of COVID and how many... People died from that, and uh, you know Christians were praying for mm-hmm. so many of them. So I, th- I do think it's uh, very pertinent those those interactions as
2: well. I would feel more confident to say when it comes to people being like set free from bondage and demons and stuff, but when it comes to physical healing, mm. I don't think I really have any credible witness to mm-hmm. bring to the table.
1: Yeah, so this is one of the things if people ever ask me like what are your biggest doubts towards Christianity? Sometimes it has been in this realm, right? Like what are your biggest doubts towards Christianity? It's like, well, I, I, I mean, I'm, I don't have doubt towards Christianity, you know, like I am confident, confident. Um, but if I have to answer that question, it may be the mystery of healing and how often it seems that um, we pray and we try to receive the biblical teaching on healing. And then people aren't healed as much as you would kind of think based on what you read in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I do think that's a struggle for a lot of people. And like what you said, Daniel, it makes people really concerned about like, how do I continue to have faith and continue to be faithful and like bold, like the Bible says, but then also not get into this place where I'm like constantly discouraged or like feeding into something that seems kind of like unrealistic or unhealthy. Mm. Um, I've got like two experiences that are actually pretty recent for me um, within the past year, actually. One of them was this uh, fall at our fall conference. Um, Dr. Chris Bounds came down to speak.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And at, after the conference, which was really great and the Lord was really moving, we wanted, some of us on staff wanted to pray for him and just, you know, is there anything specific we can pray for you? And definitely we're thinking like, you know, praying for your ministry, for your family. And he just says, you know, you pray for my shoulder. Like I've had an injury to in my shoulder and my, like, I, I'm in pain. And I can't like, I don't have range of motion. If I try to reach my hand my arm up then um there's a lot of pain. So we were like, okay, I'm like sure. Yeah, we'll pray for that too. And so we started praying and while we're praying, he starts like just going, "Oh." Oh, like that. And then when we're done, he's like, "I just I just have to testify when you guys were praying for me, I just felt this heat in my shoulder and and there's no pain in my shoulder at all. Like it's completely gone." And so we were all like, "Whoa." Mm. Um, you know, like that's amazing. Wow. And then like the next, the next week I was messaging him about stuff and he said, and just, uh, as a follow up, there's no pain in my shoulder. Um, <laughs> and so there was like that week, a uh, week later kind of, uh, up, which I, th- I value a lot. Um,
0: yeah. Wow.
1: So that was awesome. That was one of the, yeah, cool. like mo- the biggest firsthand experiences I've had where there was, there was the prayer, then there was like a sensation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which, which we find in like healing accounts, not in the Bible, but in a lot of people's accounts of healing, heat is really common. People feel heat. Mm-hmm. And so that happened. And then also like the follow-up, um, was really important with that one. Mm-hmm. Then the other like dramatic one was this summer during softball, I'm on like the church softball league. And there was a guy who was like running to first base and then like collapsed. And, um, then they like got him up, he stood up. And then he, like, collapsed again. And when he collapsed the second time, he, like, really looked dead. Like, all the blood drained from his body. He was, like, stiff. You know, like, when people, like, go stiff. And, like, he looked that way. And so, like, all the doctors, like, ran out there and were, like, propping his feet up and, like, trying to uh, check for pulse. And, like, I don't remember if they were doing CPR on him, but they called 911. And, like, it looked really, like, it looked really scary. Like, he, he definitely looked, just visually, he looked like he was dead. Um mm-hmm. and so then dad came out and was like, I said, have you guys prayed? And like we were praying, but like not out loud. So I just started praying out loud. And basically like right when I prayed, then he started like breathing.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Um and so you know, those are one of those experiences where somebody could say, Well, it's you know, coincidental the that body, Yeah, yeah. The body heals itself, like that sort of thing happens. Um and so you have to choose like in those situations, you know, to what degree was it miraculous? And to what degree was it not? But even like several of the medical people that we talked to afterwards said, like, I thought he was dying. Like, I thought he was going to die. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, those kind of situations, like, why doubt, you know, um, mm-hmm. rather than just like believe that God did something. So yeah. those are mine in the past, mm-hmm. like, year. It's pretty pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah,
2: that is pretty cool. It's interesting, too, because there is that thing of, like, agree with the prayer and, like, don't don't doubt um, have faith just also like what James says that when you ask the Lord you should believe and not doubt because the person who doubts ellipses should not expect God to give them anything basically but then that also can get back to yeah you have the other thing where it's like people are like oh well you didn't get healed because you didn't believe enough right we have a story here of when a group of foreign short-term, missionaries were going around praying for people and stuff there's different groups that come through um but there was one group that were really into like praying for healing that like, do you have any like illness or pains or anything we can pray for like that and so one woman kind of said, oh, I have something, something, something. So then they prayed. Now, is it any better? She's like, no, it's the same. Okay, let's pray again. And then is it any better? No, I don't think. no. Okay, we're going to pray again. We're just going to believe. And then like the third time, she's like, oh, I think it's getting better. You know, because of course it's like... <laughs> And that, well, maybe it was getting better, but more cynical. <laughs> maybe she was ready to go. We feel like, yeah, you know, if you're like, okay, this is just going to go forever until I say it's getting better, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So there, there's that line too. I guess. <laughs> I guess it, the more reasonable way to have belief in that situation is to say, okay, well, we've prayed, we're going to keep believing, and we'll keep praying. And we're just going to trust that God's going to do it. And then, you know, kind of release the person. Yeah. Or maybe admonish, admonish, encourage um, them to really believe that we've said this prayer and something's going to happen and don't, you know, don't give up just because it didn't happen right now. Maybe that'd be a better way to handle
0: it. Or just rebuke them for their lack of faith and move on.
2: <laughs> you don't feel any better. Well, so you've done what we can do and <laughs> you're just not open. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
1: that brings up a lot of points. Um, that story, yeah, a- yeah, that story, that story, that um, story. Definitely, like the connection between faith and healing, right? Which yeah. is a huge theme in the Bible, and like, mm-hmm. there's obviously a connection, like very clear that there's a connection in the Bible. But like you're saying, Daniel, we don't see it as a one to one connection. Like, if you have faith enough, you will you will be healed, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, and I've and I just I feel like I've been around enough where people's attitude is kind of like. If I really put myself out there to where I'm gonna fall on my face if this doesn't happen, then God has to do it. Almost, you know, not not quite. They're not. Of course, they don't. I don't think they think that, and they're not saying it like that. But you you get that vibe a little bit of like, you know, I my belief is really pure. This is going to work. Yeah,
1: but the Bible is clear the opposite direction that like it says that he was unable to heal because of their lack of belief.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And that's like talking about Jesus, right?
2: <laughs>
1: so it is clear that mm-hmm. faith can a lack of faith can prevent healing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and most of the time, often when he heals people, he says, your faith has healed you.
2: So that's the faith referring to the vic- victim or the, you know, the person who's wanting healing. Mm-hmm. Not so much the faith of the prayers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the prayers have to have faith too, yeah. but... What we see more, especially in like youth group culture or whatever, mm-hmm. is prayers or the youth group has to have like a strong enough faith, and we don't yeah. add, we don't too much, I guess, because you don't want to like accuse someone yeah. who's sick or whatever of being the problem, right? <laughs> I guess that's why.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's good. Um, that makes me think of when Jesus comes down from the mountain and the disciples are unable to cast out the demon. Yeah, kind of where it's like. And then Jesus does it, right? And so in that situation, it was the f- the fault of the prayer.
2: Yeah, I think another reason that we tend to balk some at emphasizing so much that the level of faith is the key is because of these situations where you know somebody didn't get healed, and and if you're too heavy on the faith, 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 then it can it can sort of come across as like, well, if you don't get healed, it's your own fault, kind of. And that's I don't believe that that's the case.
1: Well, let me. So, you, we've been talking about some of these di- difficulties and dangers of healing. Mm-hmm. Just one other that we haven't mentioned that can become a, a danger is like the focus on the healing. The way that Dr. Siemens puts it is focus on the healing over the healer. Mm-hmm. Where sometimes in these realms where there's a lot of focus on physical healing, that can become really primary. They're like what God does and mm-hmm. like these miraculous activities are almost like the focus over the gospel and, like, mm. the spiritual realities that are obviously more significant. Mm. And so I think that's important as well when we are talking about healing, that it's in its proper place and um, it's, like, pointing to God as the healer and not just, like, the the actual, like, how cool this is, you know, or, like, mm. amazing that like we're seeking healing or whatever.
0: That was probably the main thing that came to my mind when thinking about this topic was the verse in Luke ten twenty, where the disciples are talking about being able to cast out demons and Jesus is like yes but uh, focus even more that your name is written in the Lamb's book of mm-hmm. life and so I feel like that's a really helpful one when considering this topic
1: yep so Daniel hit, hit a little bit of this but why should Christians participate in healing ministry
0: I I mean, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is, like, it kind of shows a dependence on God over just, like, naturalism and, like, a recognition of the supernatural and the spiritual. So I I think there's something to be said about, like, when any kind of trial or trouble emerges running to Jesus first um, Mm -hmm. before before anything else. Mm
2: -hmm. That's good. I mean, the biggest reason for me is that we're commanded to, but also it doesn't sound good to put it this way, but I think the way I look, have looked at it often is kind of like you're rolling a dice, but if you pray, then it takes away like the worst, you know, like your odds get a little better. So I don't think that's exactly healthy, but I think that is like a more realistic description of how I feel when I pray for any kind of healing.
1: Yeah, that's good. I mean, not necessarily that perspective is good, but that's good uh, thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's real. I, th- I think that it's like, yeah, it's definitely difficult. Um, one thing that, uh, An- that Andrew shared that stuck out to him was this concept of, of Christians joining in the ministry of Jesus,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? That we're called to join into the ministry of Christ and into his ministry of bringing the kingdom to the earth. And part of that, especially when he was on earth, it was like a very significant part of that was um, healing and casting out demons and then, and then like proclaiming the truth, right? Those are three like really primary aspects of Jesus bringing the kingdom. Yeah. And that as the church that we're called to continue that work. And one of the things that's really encouraging about that is that it's like a partnership with what Jesus is already doing. Basically this mentality that God is at work and the Holy spirit is at work in the world to bring about like redemption and to bring his kingdom. And so we want to like participate in that however we can. And I think that can take off some of the pressure of thinking that like, it's about what I'm doing or whatever really like, well, I just want to be a part of what Jesus is doing.
2: Mm.
1: And then another reason is that even though there is that danger of like discouragement and everything that we talked about for the most part, people feel love and compassion when you pray for them. And that's what you see, like, that's motivating Jesus's heart and motivating the heart of God often is because of his love for people, that he wants to see them well. And Jesus is motivated by compassion all throughout the Gospels. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, like, when people are sick and you want to pray for them, they receive that. Like, they receive, like, wow, this person really cares about me. And even if they're not healed, like, that's received a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And so, like, we want to be moved in heart the same way that jesus is and if he's moved to like pray for people when they're sick then like that's what we want to do also we want to be like and i want to see this person well and i know that god can do that so i want to be moved in the same way that jesus is
0: yeah that's good now where are we commanded to participate in healing the bible (laughs) oh (laughs) the bible Uh, jesus yeah the Bible.
1: That uh, that reminds me of like <laughs> so many times like asking students questions about how to grow closer to the Lord.
2: Hmm. Like, you know what read the Bible, yeah, pray yeah, preach the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> what
1: uh, what can what do you wanna do like this semester to grow closer to the Lord? Uh
2: read the Bible? <laughs> okay great <laughs> it's never wrong I guess yeah, it's not the wrong answer but
1: <laughs> not helpful if you're actually not actually going to do it mm-hmm. obviously Jesus commands the disciples to go out and uh, heal and and everything mm-hmm. when he sends them out like we just saw in the chosen season 3 if you haven't watched it yet you guys should all watch it all our listeners
0: It's going to be a big spike in the chosen viewership from that plug that's
2: right yeah
0: <laughs> maybe yeah. we can get a sponsorship yeah <laughs>
2: I don't think they're sponsoring anything. They're always asking for money. <laughs> <laughs> they're
1: hoping the will sponsor them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in James, it talks about if anyone among you is sick, to, like, come to the elders and let them anoint them for, with oil. Okay. And then in the, obviously, Acts, you get this, the a lot of healings taking place in Acts. And in a lot of ways, that's an uh, example of the ministry of the church, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Yeah, one of the gifts of the Spirit is the gift of healing. So that would definitely indicate that that's something that should continue.
0: That's in 1 Corinthians?
1: 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's some places.
0: Cool. Okay. Yeah, good.
1: Through the course, we looked at a lot of different Bible stories of healing and mm-hmm. like tried to obviously learn from them. And one of the things that um, Dr. Siemens points out a lot is how Most of the time, if not all the time, like the physical healing isn't the only thing going on, and often it's not the primary thing going on. Hmm. Um, I think The Chosen, again, here we go, talking about The Chosen, does a really good job (laughs) with this most recent healing of the woman with the issue of blood. It's not the physical healing that's really most significant for her. It's the reconnection to society. Mm. Right. And the fact that she's no longer like this continual outcast. Mm-hmm. And that's the case with the healing of like a lot of the lepers in Jesus's ministry that he like goes and he touches them, which is like a reconnection that Jesus is offering mm. these people, these people yeah. who are outcasts and nobody could touch. Then Jesus like touches them. And then also there's the healing of the paralytic where Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Hmm. Yeah, you that's know? Right. And like, that's the way he answers it is your sins are forgiven. And then the Pharisees mm. all. Like freak out and he says well just to show you that this is possible and so there's this like connection with the physical healing and the forgiveness of sins yeah so i think in our prayer for healing again that doesn't need to be our focus like our primary focus because even in jesus's ministry it was connected to all these other things going on as far as like people receiving the love of jesus and like the issue of sin obviously in this last one i just mentioned
2: hmm.
1: in the story of lazarus one thing that's really interesting, and and there's a lot you can learn from the story of Lazarus, um, as far as healing. You get to see Jesus's like heart toward hmm. uh, toward Lazarus, his love for him, death
2: and friendship.
1: Yes, and then um, also Jesus is, like hurt, and he like shows that he's like angry. It says that he's like he's like angry about it, what's going on. And so, one thing that Doctor Seaman said several times is, um, before God heals your wounds, He feels your wounds. Um, Hmm. so this concept of Jesus being involved in the emotional turmoil of sickness and death and like really experiencing that. But then also what happens in the story of Lazarus is that God doesn't heal the way that they thought and the way that they asked, right? Hmm. They reach out and ask Jesus to come and heal him when he's Hmm. sick.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And Jesus doesn't. Yeah. But then later on, obviously he comes and he raises him from the dead. And so... Hmm. What Dr. Siemens like hits that there is like how how often might it be that our prayers are not answered the way that we want them to but it's to the greater glory of God in the grand scheme of things like God is revealing himself but it's maybe not the way that we think that it should happen
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I, I really think Lazarus story is a good example biblical example of that where obviously his sisters had could not have seen this they thought that Jesus is like letting him die you know he didn't come yeah and then you know uh, the Lord moves in like an even greater revelation.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like that really just highlights the humility that we need to have with all aspects of ministry, regardless of what it is. But mm-hmm. that's really clear when you're talking about something like that.
1: One thing that I remember really impacting me in the course is this, um, like a boldness not to have to tiptoe around God's will, um, when it comes to healing,
2: Hmm. Um, like with disclaimers. Yes,
1: yes, exactly. Like (laughs) I, I, before taking this course, I felt kind of like I had to put disclaimers or even like to put it in a very negative way. Like I had to kind of cover God's back in case he didn't heal. (laughs) But Dr. Siemens talked about God's will in like three different ways. He talked about first, like God's initial will or like intentional will, which was like God designed for humankind and the world when it was created. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then there's this... Cer- Wait, that's, that's what? Intentional will? He called it intentional will, okay. which is God's intent, right? God's original intent. Mm-hmm. Um, then second was this circumstantial will, which is what God chooses or allows to happen in, in specific situations. And that's in light of human freedom and sin in the fall. Mm-hmm. All right. And then thirdly, God's ultimate will, which is where everything is moving and what God is like, the final situation that God has in store. Okay.
2: Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I wish I had been taking notes on that.
1: <laughs> you can go back and listen to it again. What Dr. Siemens <laughs> said is is with the intentional will of God and the ultimate will of God, we know that it's for healing, that his in, intentional will and his ultimate will is that there would not be sickness mm-hmm. and there would not be like death. It's only in the circumstantial will that those things are allowed. Yeah. And so we can confidently say we know it's God's will for healing. Like that's where he's moving the whole world. Right. It wasn't his original plan. It's only a result of sin that there is sickness and there's death and God's moving creation to this point where those things will be no more. Mm. And so we can have like a confidence to pray like we know this is God's will, whether or not that happens right now. like that's still God's will. You know, does that make sense? Mm.
2: Yeah. But isn't that still a way of like disclaiming or hedging your best that you can be like, we know you will heal whether in this life or the next kind of. It's true, right? It, it is, is like true. theologically yeah. sound, but when it comes to like the practical application, it, how is that much different than being like, God, if it's yeah. your will, please heal. Yeah.
1: I mean, the way that I often try to pray, like practically, because in, in light of that is, God, we know that sickness and death is not your plan. And so we ask that you would like remove the, like you would heal. We know that you, you can heal. And, your
2: kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven.
1: Right. Definitely like praying with boldness in in that way. One more thing that Dr. Siemens pointed out from Jesus's ministry is how he worked in the midst of the context that he was living. There's one healing specifically where uh, Jesus heals somebody and then tells them to go and offer the sacrifices and like show themselves to the priests and stuff like that. Right. Where it's like Jesus is operating within the, within the culture that he's in. And one thing Dr. Siemens was saying mm-hmm. is like, that you need to be sensitive to the culture you're in and kind of their perspective on healing and their prayer, praying for healing. Like that doesn't mean that you don't like push the envelope at all. But if you're in a context where people's kind of expectation and experience and practice with healing prayer is like at a three, like three out of 10, then don't jump to like a 10 out of 10, but maybe move to like a four or a five, Hmm. right? Where you're just kind of like encouraging people to pray a little more boldly, but you're not like Hmm. you're still being sensitive to that context. Obviously like in our context we pray a lot, mm-hmm. which we'll get into in a second. We pray for doctors, right? We pray for yeah. um yeah. like those sorts of things because treatments it, yeah, for work. treatments to work. That's true. And I don't like that's just working within the context we're living.
2: Yeah. That I think is kind of the echo of what I was saying about the dice thing. Mm-hmm. Or you know, like tilting your odds the right way kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there are like, uh, you know, you've spoken about these other examples where it's very clearly not bad, right? Like Mm -hmm. the guy's burning shoulder and stuff. Mm -hmm. But from like what I've experienced firsthand, it tends to be kind of like, you know, that surgery, that treatment could have easily gone awry, but Mm -hmm. I prayed. And so I believe that God like helped it to work out. Mm
1: -hmm. So that brings us to these different um, methods of how God heals. And so Dr. Siemens gives like five different ways that God heals. The first one is what he says is like the miracle of supernatural healing. All right, which is what we normally have been kind of talking about and normally think of when we talk about healing ministry. Mm -hmm. He emphasized, and what was also really helpful for me to learn, is that supernatural healing doesn't always have to be instantaneous. Like it can be instantaneous or gradual. And I think a lot of times we unfortunately Mm. have this mentality of like, Oh, in order for it to really be like a healing miracle, it had to be like, I prayed and they were healed. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. Yeah. Dr. Siemens had lots of examples of like long-term prayer. Mm. Um, And I remember him just talking about, you know, if you have these sicknesses that have taken years to develop within somebody, it like, is it unrealistic to think that it might take a while to like pray, like multiple prayers would be effective in, uh, Mm. in like healing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't, I, I encourage people a lot of times, like, go get prayer, you know, a lot. It's fine to go up and have somebody pray for you, like, every week or once a month at church. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to just say, well, I have pray, you know, I've had people pray for me several times and it hasn't happened, so I'm done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as the prayer, like Daniel was saying with uh, that situation with people continuing to pray, you know, we believe that God can heal over like a longer period of time. So we want to like continue to be praying for you Mm -hmm. rather than like, it has to happen right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That also makes me think about the persistent widow and the unjust judge Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. it's just like her persistence and consistency over time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Over a, a long period of time.
1: Then I also think of that interesting story where Jesus heals the blind man, but at first he just sees people like trees walking around.
0: Yeah, it's like a partial.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, it's like a partial healing the first time Jesus prays, mm-hmm. and so then Jesus prays again, and so it takes like two prayers to get him like fully healed.
2: Uh, I mean, in some ways it's strange, in other ways it's just like, yeah, why not?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like some some people have emphasized like being aware of those sorts of partial healings. You know, do you feel better than it was, rather than is it like all or nothing? Mm. So anyway, that's the first healing, uh, like supernatural healing, which can Mm -hmm. be instantaneous or gradual. Second is the miracle of doctors in modern medicine. There's no reason to believe that God can't use Mm -hmm. doctors in modern medicine. And even like that, that is a grace that God's given us over time for him to be able to accomplish his will of healing people. If you look at the like development of medicine over the centuries... As, like, God's grace over humanity, God is healing. You could say God is healing a lot more than He did in the Bible times because, you know, there's so much that's happening. So many more people are getting well from their sicknesses than were. Mm mm-hmm. hmm. And um, like that's God's – that is God's kingdom coming to a degree. Like sickness is being eradicated. Death is being avoided so much Mm -hmm. more than it was thanks to like doctors of modern medicine. And I think that we can see that as God's involvement in in the development of humankind or whatever.
2: That makes me think of – I forget what the tribe was called, but in Bruchko, they kind of touch on that.
1: Do
2: you remember in what way? Um, Well, they once once the jungle people are mostly Christian, they get used to praying for all kinds of healings and things like that. And also Brushko has like certain medicines and stuff that he can help them with. But they get there's a lot. He sees a lot of healings. Then there's another situation where they're in town. Something happens. They have to take one of the Indians to the hospital. Basically, he's supposed to die and they pray. And like the very next day, everything's fine. The doctor's like, oh, there's nothing wrong anymore. The tumor has gone or whatever it was. And Bruce is like, "Well, wow, this is crazy. This is amazing. Did you hear that? This is a miracle." And the guy, the Indian, is like, "Yeah, it's this is what always happens when you know." He's just like, "What are you talking about?" Like, no, no, this is different because the doctor said, and he was saying like, you know, to them, the pills that Bruce is bringing is just the same. Um, it doesn't really make a big difference, and they're just like, you know, God heals sometimes in this way and sometimes in that way." Hmm. I'd have to grab the book to give you the exact. But there's a story like that, basically, where Bruce, because Mm -hmm. of his like Western mindset, like he kind of felt like God is healing through these other ways because they don't have the stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. they're just out in the jungle. And so these miracles happen. But then Mm -hmm. when it's in a hospital and and then it happened, he was like more impressed. But to the Indian, it was all the same.
0: That reminds me of one of my Old Testament courses back at the university. We were talking about the crossing of the Jordan River with uh, Joshua and how the water stopped, you know, and they were able to walk across on dry ground. And I remember there was a discussion about like the geography of that area and how it it would be common, could be common um, or possible at least for landslides that could come and temporarily block the stream. And I remember thinking when I heard that, to me, like that was more amazing in a way than God just miraculously stopping it with an invisible hand because it was like oh wow like when God created the earth he had to he formed the river in such a way that it was geographically situated where at that exact moment when the priest stepped into the water a landslide would occur and block the water and so even though it is a natural miracle it's almost more incredible to me of how God can use nature to accomplish his will
1: to give another example, very similar is like the concept of the star over Bethlehem being like a natural star right? versus like, did God cause a new star to appear to guide Mm. the wise men or was it a natural phenomenon that God had set in motion when he created the world that that Mm. would occur at that moment? Like that's almost like more, more
0: amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. It just becomes so personal too. When you see a miraculous sunset, you can think about like God having you in mind to be on that hill when he created Mm -hmm. the earth and set everything in motion that you would be here thousands of years later to see this event Mm -hmm. I don't know just like everything in creation can become more like personal and incredible with that lens
1: Mm mm-hmm it's good um so as, as we're praying for people to be healed like it is Appropriate to be praying for doctors and for like mm. doctors to have wisdom, to be able to find the right medicines, to be able to know like what they should do and the surgery to be effective or whatever. Like that's not like less miraculous. It's just different. Um, but it's still like God's grace to bring healing in people's lives. The third way is the miracle of the healing power of the human body. Mm. And so, again, sometimes we pray this way, like, would you strengthen their body to fight off the disease? Right? We'll pray those kind of things. And so we're praying in, in alignment with what God has already put in us as humans. Mm. And again, like, is that less of a miracle because it was put in at creation?
0: Yeah.
1: But one thing that Dr. Siemens talks about in this section is um, removing obstacles for your body's natural, like, healing ability. Hmm. He says like one of our roles in healing ministry is helping people remove the obstacles for their body to heal. And so those things can be like like health. They can be physical. Okay. They can be physical. Hmm. Um, So what were you thinking, Daniel? Like obstacles.
0: Eating more healthy. (laughs)
1: Right. Anything else
0: come to mind? I guess like emotional, like depression or anxiety.
1: Right. So Paul hitting some like emotional barriers. Mm -hmm. Like there's a ton Mm -hmm. of research connecting like high stress, high anxiety, Mm -hmm. those sorts of things with higher levels of like, or like lower immune system. And so part of our role Mm -hmm. in healing Mm -hmm. ministry is to be like helping people deal with those things, like which allows their body to then do what God created it to do in keeping itself healthy. So I do think like exercise, get sleep, eat healthy, Mm -hmm. stay off of screens, like all day, you know, stuff like that. Um, But then also like emotional issues and spiritual issues, are also like obstacles that we want to help people remove. And so like Andrew talked about our freedom ministry at Harvest and how so much of that is like removing these obstacles for like God to work in your life. And that a lot of that is in in line with like healing ministry, even though it's a lot of that inner healing. Mm -hmm. But it's so connected. Like we are really like holistic beings where what's going on internally really does affect what's going on physically yeah so that like again takes us come back to Jesus saying like your sins are forgiven when he's like dealing with the sin issue in connection with mm-hmm. dealing with somebody's physical issue
2: That's funny because it really uh, it brings that old axiom into a very literal place about unforgiveness as like drinking poison kind of mm. kind of makes that a little more literal yeah
1: um, and then like generational sins he talks about you know you'll see like generational sins or like bondages in, in families that can mm. lead to like physical Uh, issues as well um, that we can be praying against. So that's the third one is the healing power of the human body. And Mm -hmm. then how important it is for us to be removing those obstacles. Okay. The fourth is what he calls the miracle of my grace is sufficient for you. Hmm. Uh, Obviously that phrase is from Paul talking about praying for the thorn of the flesh to be removed. And then God saying like my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Hmm. But Dr. Mm -hmm. Seaman says sometimes this is the greater miracle Sometimes God is willing to allow what he hates to accomplish what he loves. Hmm. And then again, the power of God is sometimes in signs and wonders and sometimes joy in great affliction. Um, And going back to the chosen again, right? We just saw this with a uh, small little James mm-hmm. where – Yeah, I
2: did think about that when you brought up the chosen last time.
1: Yeah, where uh, one of the – if you guys haven't seen it, you listeners haven't seen it. One of – somebody asks for healing and Jesus basically – doesn't heal, but talks about that level of look, having faith in the midst of suffering and joy in the midst yeah. of suffering. And that is miraculous, right? You see people who are, have these physical challenges and are able to live with victory in the midst of those. And like, that is really like a miraculous grace from God. And sometimes it's a greater testimony of like people's having faith in God and and mm-hmm. having this sense of victory and joy in the Lord and confidence in God in the midst of that, then, uh, then just like, Hey, yeah, I'm better now, you know?
0: Right. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I think often we far overemphasize miraculous signs. I mean, that's been on my mind after studying the gospel of John is just how so often in the Bible people see these amazing signs and healings, and yet it does nothing for them as far as their faith and belief in Jesus. And yet, like you're saying for someone to live with, suffering and continue to praise God every day can impact people just as much, if not more. And in the Gospel of John, there's it's almost like there's levels of belief. There's like people that believe just because they've seen a miracle. And that seems to be, Jesus almost seems to pr- paint that as superficial in a way. Yeah, he talks about how they're just here because they want to be fed and stuff. Right, Yeah. And then uh, you have people that believe because of his words. Um, And there seems to be a deeper, deeper connection there. So, yeah, it's really good. And I I just think we need to not fall into that trap of so overemphasizing the supernatural sign that we miss the greater like kingdom biblical narrative perspective of of what God is doing in creation and preparing for eternity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dr. Siemens did warn not to default to this position that we don't <laughs> want to just default to my grace is sufficient because Paul prayed three times first that mm-hmm. he would be healed and that as Christians we want to begin with bold and faith filled prayers for healing mm-hmm. but then the recognition that um, this is this may be the grace that God has for us in, in that situation.
2: Three times seems really few for what we're used to or you, you know or what counts as a time, I guess?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I would say um, the reason Paul stopped after three is because God confirmed to him, my grace is sufficient for right. you. Yeah, You know?
0: Mm.
1: So he kind of had right. that insight from the Lord that, uh, that that's what, what the answer to the prayer was.
0: I think the passage uh, that we're talking about, about Paul, and this thorn in the flesh is one of the most important for this subject. Because we have so many accounts of healing in the Gospels and Acts, I think this one is really helpful in just conversations, exactly like we're having. So, if you're not super familiar, it's Second Corinthians twelve nine, and that's a good one to look over and be familiar with.
1: Fifth and finally, um, through death. How to? That's right. No. Oh. Yeah.
0: Oh.
2: It's
1: the miracle of a victorious death, and so hmm. God provides people ultimate healing. His His uh, children ultimate healing through death. But also, there is a miracle to walk through the process of death in victory and in peace. Mm. Um, in fact, that was a really big emphasis of the early Methodist yeah. movement. Yep. Was It was said that Methodists were people that died well. Right, we talked about that. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Probably in our, what, Theology of Wesley?
2: Wesley, yeah.
1: Yeah, one of the Wesley.
0: Episode, what, episode 17, I think.
1: I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But they definitely believe that there was a, like a sanctification that happened in the process of death. Yeah. Um, That you were made holy in a very unique way that couldn't really happen otherwise without going through the process of death. Mm -hmm. There's the encouragement from Dr. Siemens to like return to this, um, I guess, appreciation or like emphasis on Christians who can die without fear and can Mm -hmm. face death with confidence. And again, how much of a testimony that is. Yeah. Where – it's not always the greatest glory to God to see somebody raised up, but sometimes it's like a confidence of like, I'm ready to go Booth with the Lord. I'm so confident facing death, those sorts of things. And like the process of death can be a witness to the other people. It, even in like a lot of times people in near death situations, they have these revelations from God or they even like see things um, like Andrew. Again, my assistant was saying he, when his um, great grandmother passed away last year, there was like a time when she was like looking upward, you know, like toward the heavens kind of, and somebody's like, what are you looking at? And she said, I just see flowers. And so like these sorts of experiences where people going through the process of death can give witness to the like transition from this life to the next. Yeah. I actually remember when, with grandma Sigler, when she was in the hospital one time, and this is actually probably a year or more before she died, but she was like, had like a scare right it was like we thought that she may die Mm -hmm. and i was in the hospital with her and she was like out of it but then like she was kind of like asleep and i heard her kind of like muttering and then i heard her say like i'm not ready to go yet and i was like whoa just like so intrigued and Mm -hmm. so like that's what i heard her say at least one time maybe twice said something about like i'm not ready to go and then she ended up living like a couple more years i think where like i wonder if She would have said, like, I'm ready to go now if she would have gone, you know? Mm -hmm. But again, to me, that was like a testimony of this, like, in the process of death of, like, God working. Mm -hmm. And that's not super uncommon. A lot of people have the experiences with loved ones passing away where there's some sort of, like, Mm -hmm. testimony of the next life.
0: There's a really cool one of uh, Riley's grandma because her mom's parents were both deaf, and so they communicated with sign language mostly. And so my mother-in-law and her sister were in the room with um, her grandma as she was getting close to death. And uh, because I feel like often, you know, when people are at that point, they aren't able to speak. But as she was dying, essentially, she was signing with her hands and she was saying like, I see angels, angels all around with her hands Mm
2: -mm.
0: and, and both her, my mother-in-law and her sister (laughs) were in the room when that happened. Mm -hmm. Wow! Um,
2: Yeah. So even if she can't like, you know, she's like not seeing anything, but she could still be moving her hands. mm -hmm.
1: Olivia has a good testimony of Victoria's death and that being healing as well with her grandfather who was sick with cancer Mm -hmm. and was really like a, um, a very distinct and like formative experience in her life praying for her grandfather to be healed and having like a confidence that he would be healed. Just like that sort of situation where you like are, have no doubt. Like, I know that he's not going to die from this. And then he does. And her really wrestling with that. um, But then feeling like the Lord said to her, like I gave him ultimate healing. Like he is healed now. And I like, I've healed him. And Mm -hmm. then her being able to like rest in that peace that like God answered the prayer, but not in the way that she had expected. Yeah. And that being something that really like, you know, is a healing grace. Um, God's ultimate will being accomplished in somebody.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Couple of thoughts. Dr. Siemens says that, you know, the theology of the already, but not yet, is this. I don't know if we've talked about that on the podcast. I feel like we probably have.
2: I've definitely heard it somewhere. I'm not sure. That's about the kingdom of God,
1: right? Yeah. The kingdom of God coming, like that it's here, but it's also not yet here. At the same time, Mm -hmm. these are both true. Mm -hmm. And so he says when praying for healing, like you want to move from the already to the not yet. Mm -hmm. The kingdom is here. God heals. We see this. And then we kind of move to this place of, but God's grace, let God's grace be sufficient in the midst of suffering to this point of we pray for a victorious death or like we believe in a victorious death. We don't want to start obviously by praying like, God let this person die well right before hmm. uh before maybe praying the other way. And then really great quote In your life, who gets to define if you're okay or not? Does Jesus define that or do you define that? In your life, who gets to define if you're okay or not?
2: Hmm.
1: Does Jesus hmm. define that or do you define that? We've talked about this yeah. surrender to like God's ultimate will and like what he's doing. And that's like really what defines if we're we're good if we're okay
0: that's good i think that's really good in this aspect we're talking about of healing and physical well-being but i think also when you said that it uh hit me in the sense of like financial well-being too mm-hmm. like is am i allowing god to be the one who says like when we're good financially or do i have mm-hmm. metrics that i'm holding up is like this is what we need to be sufficiently provided for by god
2: mm-hmm hmm.
1: We also got into like the practice of healing, which I don't know that we really need to get into today because I think we have covered sufficient material.
2: Mm -hmm. Definitely sounds interesting though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just real quickly, anybody who's listening, if you're a Christian, you can be praying for people to be healed. And if you don't pray for people to be healed, you're probably not going to see people healed. And so wouldn't you rather pray for like a hundred people to be healed and see five than pray for 10 people to be healed and see zero? And the more you like just, start praying for people to be healed. And it doesn't have to be a long, like elaborate prayer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, I'd remind you that most people appreciate it and they're going to feel that love and compassion if you pray for them to be healed. Mm -hmm. And if you start doing that, then you, I I believe you will begin to start seeing those things happen also, and it'll build your faith. So I would just encourage, encourage all of us to like do it boldly and not be so nervous about when it doesn't happen the way that we think it should.
0: Yeah, it's good.
1: So go out and start praying for people. It's powerful, (laughs) like powerful and not just for other Christians.
2: And encourage them to believe. Although there are, hmm, are there any stories where the person who got healed didn't believe?
1: Yeah, we have the account of the father's belief where nothing's mentioned about the son's belief. And I think that's a demoniac situation where there's a demon possessed boy. And basically Mm -hmm. Jesus is like, do you believe? And he's like, help me with my unbelief. And so there's this like weak level of belief from the father is nothing's mentioned about the son's belief
2: yeah well
0: the father's the one who's having to deal with it
1: right and i think that there's like a spiritual authority <clears throat> situation there from yeah. parents
0: there's also the beggar at the gate in acts early acts where he's just wanting money and peter's like i don't have any money but get up and walk <laughs> <He> does. <laughs> and that one's really amazing yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> there you go let's all pray for people to be healed Is
2: that you, Malachi? Yeah. Are you okay? Yes. Do you want to
0: say hi real quick? Hi. Hi. What you been doing?
2: I I was drawing. Oh, cool. What did you draw?
0: Pokemon.
2: Do you have a favorite? Who's your favorite? Charizard. Oh, very cool. Because he's a dragon? Yeah.